How's everyone doing this morning? Good. You guys all have a good week? Yes. Good. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, yes. So during worship, if you want to take communion, it's not communion Sunday, but we have elements up here and also in the back on the book table. Oh, and on the speaker. There you go. Okay. So I had to share with you a dream I just had last night. It was a pretty amazing dream. Um, We were in, most of you were there. I couldn't like see faces, but it was like the sense of, you know, all the church family being there. And (laughs) there was a big window in the front and as you guys know, we've, Scott and I have been seeing, like Scott's been seeing a lot of stuff like in the sky. Um, we see some pretty amazing sunsets lately. And once again, we were like, what are the clouds doing? Like, it's so amazing. And it was really colorful, like a sunset. And then we looked out the window and Jesus was standing out there with his arms out like this, just staring straight ahead. And I could hear someone say, he looks so sweet. And I thought, yeah, he does look so sweet. And he wasn't saying anything. He wasn't moving. He just was standing there. And then uh, all of a sudden, um, there was this gel stuff falling inside the house. And someone's like, it's milk and honey. And I'm like, milk and honey? Are you kidding me? And we were, everyone was starting to catch it in their hands and taste it. And it tasted... You could taste the milk, but you could taste the honey, and it was so sweet, but not too sweet. It was just perfect. And everyone was just enjoying it. And all of a sudden, somebody said, close the front door. And we're like, why? And I, before that, actually heard someone say, um, they made a comment about dogs returning to their vomit. And then someone said, close the front door. And we're like, what? And you looked out there, and there was this truck. And pardon my language, but there was crap in the back of the truck, big pile of it. And someone's like, close the front door. And so we closed. I think Scott actually was the one who closed it. You ran and you slammed the front door shut. And no sooner did that door shut that you could hear it hitting the door on the other side. And everyone was like, what the heck? (laughs) But everyone is still in that sweet moment of, yeah, but look what's happening here. So anyways... Welcome to worship today. (laughs) It was, yeah, and then all this morning, I just have felt like I was, well, I was in this, just in this encounter with God, like I just felt so mellow this morning and dizzy, actually, all morning. So, but, (laughs) it's because I'm lonely, I think. (laughs) You'll get yours later. (laughs) Oh, so with that, just, if you guys could stand. This morning. Yeah, so Jesus, we we just receive whatever you want to give us this morning. Just say, Holy Spirit, come in a new way this morning. Just saturate us. Saturate us. Take us to a new level with you today. Yes, we just praise your name. God, just show up in a new way today. God, that not one person would go away unchanged today. We just praise your name. Jesus, thank you for your blood, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the cross this morning. 
our king, our mighty king of love. We just yield, we surrender our hearts to you, king of love, high king of heaven. We thank you, our great high priest. We thank you that you understand our weaknesses. You understand the human condition. You see everything, God. You see it all. There is nothing that is hidden from your eyes. You look over our hearts. You look over the earth, the eyes of the Lord. Your eyes, they move back and forth across the earth looking for those whose hearts are yours. And this morning, we just say our hearts are yours. Have our heart, Lord. Have the core of who we are. Have the spirit within us. Have the mind. Have the flesh. Have it all. You can have it all, Lord. We thank you for the power of the cross this morning. We thank you for the power of your blood. Your blood speaks. It speaks. It speaks of your love for us. It speaks of the value that you saw on each one of us. The price you would pay to redeem us from sin and from death. You picked us up out of the miry clay and you said, you set our feet upon a rock. The rock of this truth, the rock of King Jesus, the rock of his unfailing love, his commitment to us to never leave us, to never forsake us, his commitment to apply the work of the cross on every part of our lives. You've placed us on that rock, and that is the rock that we will build our lives on. We declare it today. I will build my life on the solid rock of Jesus I don't want to walk on shifting, sinking sand. I will build my life on you, Jesus. There is no one like you. There is no other. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of life. You are life in itself. You are the way and the truth and the life. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you that you are our light. You are the light of our salvation. You are the savior, the rescuer. You are the one who has come to redeem us and to pick up our lives and to fix all of the broken places, to take the shattered pieces and make them new again. Just where you're at this morning, just keep your eyes closed. I feel like for some of us in this room, you've had memories There's things of your past, memories that go back to childhood, maybe a a year ago. I don't know when they happened, but there's memories that haunt you. And I saw King Jesus, and I'm seeing him now. He's dipping his finger in the blood of the cross. He is your great high priest. He is able to sympathize with you in your weakness. He understands every part of you, and he is ready to divinely edit your memories. He wants to remove the trauma and the pain of something that happened long ago. And I just see him dipping his finger right now in the blood and applying it over that area. Lord, we receive. We receive what you did on the cross. Let your blood cleanse. Let it go deep and cleanse our consciences the places in our, in our brains that store the memories, the pain, the trauma, the, the neglect, the abuse, 
the orphan heart that just wanted a father or a mother or a sibling, a companion. We just bring that before you now. We bring those memories and we say, Jesus, we welcome you in as our great high priest to sprinkle the blood of the atonement on those areas. That you would blot them out. That they would no longer have any power over us. This morning, we just declare that your blood severs the power of the past. In Jesus' name, it severs it. It blots it out. It nullifies its power and declares it powerless and covered and removed. Hebrews chapter 9. I'm just going to read scripture. If you want to sit down, you can. Or keep your eyes closed if you want. You don't have to. Hebrews chapter 9, starting at verse 11, says, But now, right now, in this moment, this is a kairos moment. This is a moment in time right now where we stand in the presence of God. Nothing else matters but what he wants to do right now. And right now, the anointed one has become the king priest of every wonderful thing that has come. For he serves in a greater, more perfect heavenly tabernacle, not made by men. And he has entered once and forever into the holiest sanctuary of all, not with the blood of animals, animal sacrifices, but the sacred blood of his own sacrifice. And he alone has made our salvation secure forever. Thank you, Jesus. We receive that word today, secure forever. We will not be shaken. We stand on it. Verse 13 says, Under the old covenant, the blood of bulls, goats, and the ashes of a heifer were sprinkled on those who were defiled and effectively cleansed them outwardly from their ceremonial impurities. Yet how much more will the sacred blood of the Messiah thoroughly cleanse our consciences? For by the power of the eternal spirit, He has offered himself to God as the perfect sacrifice that right now frees us from our dead works to worship and serve the living God. So we just receive that today, Jesus. We receive that aspect of the power of your cross that has set us free that we may serve you as your priests that we may worship you. You have freed us from death, from dead works, that we might worship you and serve you as your kings and priests. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to read another scripture over us. We're going to open this up in a minute here more sharing, but I feel like the Lord just wants to do something deep in each person here. 
Everyone's in a different place. This might sound like a shocking passage that I'm going to read. It's from Isaiah 30. But just, just receive it. It's not shocking, but it, we all know. People of Zion, verse 19. People of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. How gracious he will be when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes, you will see them. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Then you will desecrate your idols. You will desecrate your idols. You will get rid of them. You will desecrate your idols overlaid with silver and your images covered with gold, how precious they might be at one time in your life. And you will throw them away like a menstrual cloth and say to them, away with you. And this, this morning, this afternoon, we just say to those idols in our lives, away with you. You are not welcome to take place in my life because I am a royal priest, a royal son or daughter, paid for by the blood of our great high priest, King Jesus. And I am no longer my own. I belong to him. And these things have no place in my life. We cast them aside. We throw them away. And yeah, that's a crude picture, like a menstrual cloth. We just throw it away. It's disgusting. It has no place in our lives. That is not who we are. So this morning, lay it down at his feet. Throw it aside. And he is ready to speak to your heart. He is ready to be the voice that says, this is the way. Walk in it. guys okay? Okay, I'm just going to go a little bit more. There's power in the blood of Jesus, guys. The power of his blood is effective right now in this moment over anything that needs to be broken or healed or set free or covered. His blood is sufficient and it is all-powerful the power of his finished work on the cross. It is rewriting your history. I don't care what your past is like. I don't care what your upbringing is like or was like. I mean, I care. But it does not compare to what he wants to do in your life. He is going to rewrite your history. You are not defined by your past. You are defined by what he says about you, by his blood, by his covering, by the identity that he is now placing over you as a son or a daughter. He's divinely editing memories that haunt you. He has put the blood of the cross, the atoning blood of the cross on his finger and he has applied it on those places of memory. He's applying it to sickness right now. By his stripes, 
you've been healed. You're already healed, says the Lord. And you might be walking in an experience of not being healed, but the reality is the truth of who you really are. You are already healed. And you're moving towards that completion and that reality. He's applying his blood on those hopeless situations. And the king of hope is coming in right now into those places. And he wants to pick you up. He's riding on a white horse. And he wants to pick you up and put you on that horse with him and show you what it looks like from up there. He wants to give you heavenly perspective because he's not hopeless about anything. And he wants to release his hope to you and cover you with it like a banner. He wants to wrap you up in his hope because it's who he is. And he's just clothing you right now. He's clothing you with that, that, that garment of hope over every area that feels hopeless, that feels like there is no breakthrough. He is covering you with his hope right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You can open your eyes if they're not open. I'm waiting to fall asleep, Marilyn. You know, I was remembering when I was back there on the floor, I just was remembering the first time that, that Jesus came and he opened my eyes. I just need to turn this way. <laughs> Not looking at you guys, but it's just hard to talk about it sometimes because it was the most powerful moment in my life. <laughs> Sorry. If it wasn't for Jesus, well, we wouldn't be in this room right now. Isabel, Emily, Ethan, Oscar, Nora, you wouldn't be sitting in this room. You wouldn't even be on the earth. That's my part of the story. She's got her part too. But he came and rescued me in my living room. And he opened my eyes to my need. And just like we were singing, I, I see you. I can see you. And when I, when I realized that I needed to give my life to Jesus, I gave it all. I just said, I don't know how you're going to fix this mess. Because I was broken and lost in lots of darkness. Drugs, immorality, the occult. I was diving deep into all of that stuff. I wasn't looking for him. He cornered me and confronted me with the truth of my need for him. That without him, my life was on the highway to hell. I won't start singing it. <laughs> and when I gave him my life, it's like my eyes were opened and the clouds over my eyes, week by week, just got clearer and clearer in the the. The fog was lifting, and it felt like I was living in a brand new world. And I was, 
and I still am because I was and still am a brand new person. He came into my body and released his spirit into me. The imperishable seed. And I was born again. And that doesn't mean that the past, this shell that I still have to carry around with me, this dead body that I walk around in that's going to drop off one day, doesn't mean that every single part of it was completely eradicated. It still wants to try to resurrect itself and influence my life. But he has a better way. He wants to lead us. He wants to lead me by his spirit. He wants to have intimacy with each one of us. talk a little bit about that intimacy and what he has done this last week but I think at this time I just want to invite anyone who wants to come up just kind of make a line up here if you want we won't go long this this afternoon take this microphone out of my hand before I start crying again or something wow God sees us he wants us to be seen, to show ourselves. He wants intimacy. I was studying this week about Adam and Eve and walking in the garden and being naked and vulnerable, fully seen. And that's what God wants for us. Not that we walk naked. Vulnerable, being, allowing God to see us, allowing each other to see us fully and not being afraid to be seen. Isn't that powerful? That brought me to my knees this week. You're doing It made me cry this morning just thinking again about the significance of and how we put a mask on and how we hide and how we're not vulnerable. Because if you knew me, you may not like me. I can't take the chance. So I got to cover up. I got to hide. And God says, come out from all that. I see you. See me. Let others see you. That's how it's supposed to be. Deb and I were talking this morning, and we were talking about vulnerability, and and um, I shared with her a, a piece I'm just really fighting and struggling with, and um, the flesh is winning, and I just shared it. And what a sweet spiritual fragrance in this place. It was like, no more talk. Let's just pray. Do you know how rare that is in a church? I mean, if we're just going to be vulnerable and honest. It wasn't anything religious. It wasn't any, I take authority over. It was just a sweet, sweet prayer shared between two women who were saying, I got areas that I need to be more vulnerable in. 
And I shared with her that when I first got saved, it was frightening. It was frighteningly good because I knew I was going to die soon just from the lifestyle I lived. But at the same time, I didn't want anybody to know who I was on the inside because I hated me. And there was a lady that, you know, in your brand new Christianity has its own language. And, and she, like, was a prophetess. And she would lay hands on you and prophesied over you. And how I had just finished reading this book by this dude called Benny Hinn. Well, when you're brand new, you don't know who that is. But you, I, I love reading, so I'm reading like crazy. And he, and he talked about this thing, this thing, when you don't know, called a double portion of anointing. Well, I read that and thought, well, that's really cool. I mean, it's kind of like when you're stoned over here, but it's not illicit. It's not. Ill I'm, 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 I'm down with that one. Let's, you know, let's roll with it. So I, I go to a, a, a church meeting in somebody's garage, and it's kind of laid out like this. And people come up and sit and wait for her to prophesy over them. And I was avoiding it, avoiding it, avoiding it, because I thought my flesh would be so great that I would get up there and probably, you know yell out something very inappropriate and yet I had a nudge to go and as she prayed for me it was a heavy duty oh my gosh I could tell you word for word what she said but the point is at the very very end when she laid hands on me to close it in prayer she said oh Lord I pray a double portion well now remember my story about that guy named Benny Hinn and the thing I liked about him was, you know, he was Lebanese. Well, that's real close to being Greek. Same foods, a lot of same cold. So I'm, I got this kindredness going with him, right? And I wanted that double portion of anointing. No, she said, I pray a double portion of vulnerability on this woman. I didn't know what that meant, but I knew I was in for the right of my life and it was not going to be easy. And in the flesh, in all honesty, I wanted to just pardon me, but Cole Cocker. Because now I'm, I'm, I wanted that Benny Hinn deal, not that other deal. And yet I'm here to say 38 years later, every time I see Fran Lance, I thank her. Because vulnerability is, is just a, a sweet, sweet fragrance before the Lord. And that vulnerability opens doors where that last song we sang, there was a line in there about, let, Lord, let, teach us to let your love flow through us. And we get all hung up with this has to be something big and hard and all of that. And, and the Lord gave me a personality, but it was so hidden. I was so quiet. I would go to parties and I would spend four hours just staring at everybody and watching them just so controlled and so shut down. And here I am, this wild, crazy thing. Well, the Lord at one point, I read where it says, just lay hands on the sick and they shall be healed. And I said, well, Lord, that, that, that's the way I want to do it because I don't have to talk, I don't have to take the risk, I don't have to, let's just roll with it. And yet now it's a cornerstone in me that I cannot hardly go through a restaurant and not see somebody, I don't know them, the beauty of it is, is I don't have to know them. And it, I say this to say to you guys, it's a wonderful place 
to just say, Lord, use me. Because the people you're touching don't know. I was at a restaurant. Um, a bunch of gals walked across the Narrows Bridge for uh, the Jewish New Year blowing shofars. And I picked them up on this side. We went back to Tacoma. We're having lunch. As we're getting ready to leave, there's a table over here that I have to walk past them to get out. And this guy had on a really cool black and white flannel shirt. And I remember it because it was a God look, not my look. The next thing I know, I have my hand on this guy. No, I don't know. I couldn't tell you what he looked like. If he was black or white or Chinese. It wasn't it. It was God just saying, go lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. So I lay my hands on this guy and I'm, and I'm kind of touching up here on the shoulder kind of thing, you know. And he kind of looks up and, and um, I said, that is the coolest looking flannel. I said, where did you get that? And I said, it just feels so nice to the touch and I'm just doing this. And he said, I don't know, it was a gift, but I really like it too. And I said, yeah. I said, thanks for wearing it, dude. You made my day. And as I was leaving, my shofar-blowing Jewish friend says to me, as we're walking out the door, she said, why did you touch him? And I said, well, it was a God, it was a God encounter. I don't have to know the why. And she just looked at me like, well, why wouldn't you know the why? Well, because he's God. I'm the foot soldier. And as I took the next step, the Lord said, tell her it was because he needed something broken off of him. And you broke it off. So I, I share that to say, yay God, thank you for using me. Also as a teaching tool for you guys. It was nothing to lay a hand on him. It's nothing to lay a hand on somebody at aisle three at the grocery store and take that vulnerable step. I did it to a guy later, a couple days later, really handsome guy, real muscle-bound, and I laid my hand on his shoulder and I said something to him, but I felt his muscles just tighten up. He was not going for this. The demons in him were not about to soften at that point. But I stayed there and talked to him a little bit more. Then I said, you know, I got to say, I, I think I interrupted something. I said, if I have, would you forgive me? Do you know the look on his face absolutely changed? And when I left, I knew that it was not about a freedom piece that way. But I really believe in my spirit. When I asked him to forgive me, there was a transaction that happened like He's always been dumped on his whole life. He's a bodybuilder, beauty man, because that's his facade and covering because he doesn't want to be vulnerable. But here is a woman he doesn't even know that respected him enough to ask for forgiveness for simply touching him or, you know, intruding in his space. Does that make sense? And what's the worst that happens on both of those if I hadn't? if they'd have blown up at me, they still would have had a God encounter. And I would have walked away saying, Lord, thank you for using me. It's not about me, it's about him. And it is about the vulnerability and taking those chances and taking those risks. The other thing I want to say is, I believe there's a breakthrough coming over our church. When I saw that new sign this morning, we had it on our church piece. 
and it was just big and gorgeous and beautiful, and I know that there's more coming. All I can say is, Naira and I both, we got on the phone with each other. It was an instant phone call, and we went, oh, my gosh, it's coming, it's coming. The breakthrough is coming. There's a declaration now over this land. Legacy City exists. We are in your face, Bremerton. We are coming after you, Bremerton. Holy Spirit is rolling and moving. People will drive by and it will be implanted in their head and in their heart. Some are going to Google us. Some are going to pop in just because it is a new season. It, it's a dividing piece that says we're not quiet anymore. We're not small anymore. We have all of heaven in our hand and we have the authority with which to use it and I'm so grateful and so excited so just be praying for what God's going to do just through that declaration of we're here we are here anybody else come on up but while you're deciding if you want to come up here I just want to say you know don't be surprised at spiritual opposition spiritual attack, but we are not devil-focused. We are Jesus-focused. So just move through that stuff, remembering who you are, who you carry, and who, who not only do you carry him in you, but he's just like all over your life. His voice and his protection, his wings are just right around you 24-7. So when the crap hits the front door... <laughs> Shut the door, keep out the, keep out the devil. Don't even pay attention to it. Resist the devil, he will flee, the scripture tells us. We don't need to become so focused on, oh, I'm under attack. The demons, they're so big and powerful. Watch what you say. We don't even want to give them the time of day. Our God is mighty and he is tracking someplace and he wants us to track with him. Anybody else want to come up and share anything? Kim's like, I'm ready. Come on. No. <laughs> if you want to, you can. Think about it. I just want to talk about a couple little encounters that I've had um, and I know Marilyn, you know, it's, she said it's not about her, it's about him. But at the same time, it is about you, because without you, he wouldn't be able to do that through the person called Marilyn. So it is about you, it's just you partnering with him. That's not a rebuke or a correction, I just want to clarify, because I know you would agree with that. But obviously, we always want to give him the credit and the honor, because he's the one that you know, is releasing his power, but he needs us. He needs us to be his hands and his feet. We get to extend the kingdom through our hand as we touch people. And that is really encouraging to hear what you were saying about just touching the guy's shirt. You're actually just brushing something off of him. Peter's shadow healed people when he walked by. Was that because he was a super apostle? Did he have a different Holy Spirit than what you have? No. So the more you become aware of his presence in you and on you, that awareness is going to shift things around you. When you, the enemy does not want you and me to wake up and realize 
who we actually are and the reality of who lives inside of us. You are a vessel of his glory. You are a vessel of his spirit. You are a temple, a temple of the Holy Spirit. His power is flowing out of you. But he wants to partner with your your thinking. He wants to transform who you are as he renews the way you think so that you think more like Jesus. I love this saying. This is one that you could write down or, or write it down later. But you, know, you got saved by believing in Jesus. But you become transformed by believing like Jesus. Believing in Jesus got you into the kingdom. Now we need to learn to believe like Jesus. To think the way he thought. So just simple little things that God is showing me. You know, I can go into that post office over here and just start putting mail in, you know, shoveling it in there, getting ready to get out on the street and wait for the bosses to come around. What time are you leaving? What time are you coming back? And all of that stuff and listen to people walking by. But my awareness of the Holy Spirit in and on my life causes me to, well, I mean, I put a little worship music on my phone and I just set it on the case right there. A um, little bit up to where I can hear it. Maybe people can hear it, but not really. I don't want to be obnoxious. I always ask my neighbors, if you hear the music and it's, you know, let me know if it's too loud. I don't want to, like, make you think I'm forcing it on you. I don't like people doing that to me. I don't want to do that to others. And they're all like, no, no, you're good. And, but I know that they hear what it is. They hear little bits. But anyway, as I'm putting my route together and I have music playing, sometimes I just, I'm just like... I just start moving. Just like, I don't want to. Sometimes I'll just be like, stretch, long stretch. (laughs) It's just a little momentary worship, fake stretch, you know. And then I kind of look over. But when I, when I just, I move, it's, it's God's way of working with me to say, hey, son, hey, Scott. Move a little bit so you can feel my presence moving because I'm here. The stiller you stand, you're not going to even notice it. You're just frozen. Move a little bit. And as I move, I'm just like, oh, man, yeah, I feel his presence around me. It's not like I didn't think it was there before, but the awareness, the reality of Holy Spirit all around me is actually, it's like my, my mind is like coming awake into that, truth, that reality of him, he's right here. And as my mind becomes aware of that, my faith starts to rise up in that about possibilities. With him, all things are possible. So interesting things have happened. I'll just share a couple things, and then I'll see if if you guys have something to share, just get up here. I'll I'll hand it to you. But I walked in uh, yesterday morning. And little Alice, I don't know if you've been around for a long time, you might have remembered hearing me say a year or so ago about Alice, my, my little co-worker, Alice. She's this little, I don't know how old she is, she's probably in her 60s. She's just a little fireball, and she used to always complain all the time. She, and people would joke about, oh, now your case is next to hers when we were in West Bremerton, because she complained a lot. She'd be like, oh, they're trying to kill us here. Oh, I'm sweating like a hog. Oh, I'm going to die. And just, she would constantly, and everyone can hear her. But 
she has, she has a measure of faith. She probably wouldn't say that she's a Christian, although she, does believe, she would say she believes. She has a measure of faith. She does know that God is real and that he does love her, but she doesn't feel like she's walking in it. Anyway, long story short, the other day, I might have shared this last Sunday, maybe with a few people, I got Alice to lay hands on the knee of a coworker who had a brace who said her meniscus needs to be replaced or something like that. And I'm like, I'm not going to go lay my hands on a lady coworker and pray for that. And I thought, okay, the dots were connecting. Alice, come here. So we did that last week. And yesterday morning, we always have this little stand-up. We All the employees get around the, the boss's desk. And then they give us the little readout for the morning of, you know, watch your surroundings, you know, whatever safety rule of the day. Make sure you scan packages because customers get really angry if they are tracking and, you know, where's my package? Where's my mail? So we all gather around. I normally stand off to the back because I don't like being in the middle of the crowd. That's, I've always been that way. You probably wouldn't believe that now, but it's true. And Alice said, Scott, with all the people around, I need you to come over here. You need to pray for me. I'm in so much pain. <laughs> just like okay so I got over where she was sitting on the supervisor's chair and I just sat on the desk people weren't all paying attention but I just put my hand on her shoulder and I let the boss do her stand up without saying any words but as as I had my hand on her and I was just I, I was by faith releasing the presence of God into her over the pain in her whatever her hips and stuff I just wanted to, to ask him just to flood her with, with life. But I didn't speak it out. I don't know if people were watching. I really didn't want to get sidetracked on, you know, look what I'm doing. Because I don't want, I, I don't want to like cut the flow and ruin the moment. I just wanted to bless her and honor my boss by not doing something weird in that, that time. But as I had my hand on her, she was crying. Just the tears. She's wiping her eyes constantly. It's time to come out of the closet. No, I don't have anything special to tell you. <laughs> it's time to come out of the closet spiritually. Like, I think it's time God wants us to take what we do in here and work with him. We don't have to be weird and, oh, you know, shh, blow, you know, I don't have to do all that stuff. Sometimes I'll do that while I'm praying for someone. I just wave the presence of God into their back or their shoulder or whatever it is. Stick your fingers on top of their head. We don't have to do that stuff to minister his life to someone. He just stand behind them and lay a hand on them. And then realize, Holy Spirit, you're here. Just go in. My hands, your hands, have fire on them. Your hands have been anointed by Jesus to release his kingdom. I would encourage you to consecrate your hands unto the Lord. Just bless them. As you're washing them, whatever you do, put some oil on them, I don't care, put a lotion, put some lavender lotion there. <laughs> whatever your thing is, just 
set aside your hands to be used by him to carry blessing, to carry life and healing and deliverance as you brush off the critters. Second story, I'll wrap this up with a couple little stories. Sure, no one wants to come up here and share anything? No? You guys are good? So I just want, I want to encourage you. All of us have had times where we've been aware of God's voice. We hear his voice. Sometimes he speaks to us and, you know, like, it's like your imagination is just kind of, you know, you're, you're doing stuff, you're doing a task and your mind is just kind of thinking all kinds of things and you're not paying attention always to what your mind is doing. You know what I'm talking about? Kind of like a daydream or something. I mean, you just got a conversation going in your head sometimes. I'm walking from door to door, going up that block, side of the block and back down to my truck. I'm just working. I'm looking at the mail. I'm listening to some music. I'm listening to a podcast. But there's thoughts going on in my head. My, my mind, my, who I am is having a conversation, whether my mouth is moving or not. And there's three voices that are always at work in your life. It's yours, it's the Holy Spirit, and it's the enemy. It's not too hard to figure out which one's the enemy and which one's God, but sometimes it's hard to discern what's your thoughts and voice inside your head and when it's God. Because I believe he often sounds like you. I don't know why. He doesn't always come through in an audible, distinct, different voice. Sometimes he's just like, gets right into your thought patterns and he rides on in. And he's like, hmm, yeah, have you thought about that? Well, hmm. So as I'm walking down the street, there's uh, duplexes and there's people preparing uh, one of the duplexes for renting. And there's a, a kid chopping the bushes with the hedge trimmers and clippers. And then I just, you know, he has a little beanie cap on and I'm just like, you know, kind of look. Wave. I want to be friendly. I don't want to be like, you know, totally closed off to everybody. And it, I didn't hear my thoughts, but in my mind, I, I thought to myself, he looks, he reminds me of a Bethel student of supernatural ministry, a BSSM student. When I texted it, it said BDSM, and I'm like, why did autocorrect go there? That's weird. Anyway, um, BSSM student, I shared it with the group, and, uh, I just thought he looked like a, a Bethel student, and I kept going. And then I felt like the Lord was impressing on me. I didn't hear his voice specifically, but I felt like he impressed on me that I need to go back because he's highlighting him to me. Go back and ask him some questions. And God's like, he's pretty generous. He's like, go ahead and figure it out on your own sometimes. So I'm like, okay, God, I guess I could ask him, are you on a spiritual path right now, seeking after supernatural realities or, you know, looking if there's a God or something like that. So I went back over and I, when I got to my truck, I pulled my truck up and got out and I was like, Hey dude, don't stop working. I don't want you to get in trouble, but I just want to ask you a question real quick. I said, when I was walking by you, I felt like you were kind of highlighted and that happens sometimes to me. And I, I said, I, I, I thought I needed to ask you, are you on a journey right now in life where you're seeking after spiritual reality? Like, is there a God? And he said, oh, I'm a Christian. I was like, awesome. He's like, yeah, and I just moved up here and I'm, I'm actually looking for a church. And I was like, cool. And his background was in Calvary Chapel, 
the denomination called Calvary Chapels. And I was like, I'm very familiar with Calvary Chapel. I used to listen to lots of Chuck Smith and Greg Laurie and some of those guys. I loved the Calvary Satellite Network radio station. I would feed on a lot of that stuff. I said, awesome. And then he asked where I went to church. And so I told him about us. And he's like, oh, cool. And then he's want to know the name. And I said, just remember Bremerton Legacy. Google it and you'll find the church. Well, last night, Tammy said, there's a friend request on Facebook from someone named Yancey. That's the kid's name. Now, I didn't tell him my first and last name. He, something that God is doing in him, he just is, is partnering with. He's being stirred by God to seek to where he needs to be in a church. God just happened to connect me with him in that moment. I don't know what the outcome will be. and It really doesn't, doesn't matter, but we'll pray for him that he finds home. And uh, he might walk in here someday. Last thing I'll share really quick is um, just, and I tell you guys this stuff because I want to encourage you to pay attention to the things going on in your head. I mean, unless you're in a super bad place, like you're really in a dark mode and you're thinking negative things, well, yeah, recognize that's not God. Deal with that, but I don't, I don't want to focus on that. I was in the apartments up on the hill here. I was listening to a podcast, and it actually was a little bit too loud. I just hadn't pulled my phone out to turn the volume down. But it was these two ladies interviewing a guy, and it was just kind of like, you know, blah, 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 just like a lot of talking. And I had just put the mail on the counter, and I unlocked all these, these boxes, and there's this African-American family that just was coming in. And so I kind of was looking, and I thought, I should smile so they don't think I'm like, you know, oh, no, you know looking at us because we're you know, black or something, like they're criminals or something. I just, some, you know, I, I want to make sure I don't give a sketchy eye to people because their skin color is different. So I intentionally just kind of nod and smiled, and there's a little cute little kid, and, and they said something about the mailman's got to do his job there. And Anyway, um, so as I'm, like, opening these mailboxes, and they're walking by, and I hear all this noise in my ears, I heard kingdom people. Now, that time it wasn't just a thought. I heard it, but it was kind of like in my own, my own voice, sort of. Now, I know that's not the devil. <laughs> and so I'm like, what do I do? They're getting ready to go around the corner. There's like two of them left, a guy and his, his girlfriend or wife. And they're getting ready to go to the elevator. And I just am like, okay, I'm going to miss the opportunity. I'm, I said, hey just pass this on to the rest of the gang. But as you guys are all walking by, I heard really clearly kingdom people. And the guy was like, wow, thank you. All right. And then they walked on. I'm like, okay, well, I guess that was a good sign. He didn't, he didn't say, what's that? You know. And then the two of the guys came back down the elevator and walked past me as I was putting mail in. Maybe they didn't want to interrupt. And they went out, and then they came back in, and then they stopped at that counter and looked at me. And I'm like, was that okay? I mean, I'm guessing you guys are believers, aren't you? And they said, yes, we are. And I'm like, I just I felt like God said that very strong. I told them I had all this podcast going on in my ears, but I heard clearly kingdom people. And I said, I feel like he wants you to know that not only do you believe in him and that he lives inside of you, but that his thoughts towards you are always on. They're just constantly on. And so they were, they were blessed by that. 
It's just simple, simple little thing. I think what to take home with that, not only just to pay attention for yourself, what kind of stuff comes across your radar, like the old guy getting wheelchaired and looking up at his caretaker with that sweet look on his face, enough to make you want to turn around and pull up on the roundabout, lay on your horn, make him scared, think you're going to run him over. (laughs) You didn't horn him. Just pay attention. And if you've got, if God is, he knows what your schedule is like. If you've got the time to do it, he'll weigh it on you to go ahead and move. And you don't have to lead them to Christ. You don't have to get them healed. We, Bill Johnson and and those guys from Bethel say this often. We owe the world an encounter. We are a habitation people. We carry Holy Spirit within us and on us everywhere we go. We owe them an encounter. We've been left here. We didn't get saved and raptured on out of here immediately. He left us here to be the salt and the light, to extend the kingdom. The opportunities are everywhere. I'm, I'll be the first to say I fail so many times. I fail constantly to recognize just how ripe the harvest is in front of me. Because just like you guys, I get busy. But I feel like this morning, and why don't we, no one wants to come up and share? You want to just stand and pray? Okay, well, come on, come on up. Um, I just feel like this morning that the Lord wants to break off that thing that keeps you ineffective. Maybe not ineffective, maybe that's not the right word. The thing that, that keeps you held back from doing it. And I believe that most likely that thing is shame. Now, we all battle with shame because we sin. And when we sin, we, we repent, we get back up and focus back on Jesus. We don't need to crucify him all over again. So we, that means we don't need to beg for forgiveness because we've already been forgiven. But what we do is we acknowledge what we've done and we fix our eyes back on him. And we're like, Lord, I'm sorry that that happened. I just receive your mercy and your grace and I'm going to keep walking with you. Shame wants to try to get you from the time you make the sin or the mistake to the time that you get back on track with him. Shame wants to keep that time as big and wide as possible. The enemy is the accuser of the brethren. He wants to accuse you and he wants to emasculate you. He wants to neuter you. There's a good word for pause people. You know what that word means. He wants to take away your zip. He wants to, take, he wants to rob you of your authority by lying. And we sing it today. It's breaking down the lies. or It's breaking off the lies. Something like that. It's shouting down the lies. The blood of Jesus shouts down that lie that you are not something that God says you are that you're something else, that you are defined by your sin and your mistakes, by your things that you struggle with, maybe, the things that you just end up falling into occasionally. You step in a pile. I'll use mailman terminology. You step in it, and then you're embarrassed because the smell is on your shoe, and you're like, ah, now everywhere I go, everyone knows I stepped in it. 
And spiritually, I feel like a lot of times when we, when we make a mistake, you might just have had a bad attitude and snapped at somebody. And now that thing is on you. And you carry it everywhere you go. Especially when you're back around them again and you're like, I'm such a dummy. I mean, I didn't say that, did I? I'll have to edit that out of the way. You dummy. Yeah. No. Shame needs to get broken off. As soon as it happens, the quicker we can get back to focusing on Jesus, the happier he is. It doesn't bring him any pleasure that we wallow around in the shame and the failure of something he already dealt with on the cross. He didn't die to give you grace to stay in that, to stay in the habit of sin or to stay in the effects of sin. Sometimes we're like, yeah, I know that he didn't give me grace to stay in the sin, but I, I'm allowed to stay in the effect of it because, you know, I need to feel guilt for a while because it was, you know, otherwise I'm being presumptuous that, you know, God's just Santa Claus and he just wants to hand out grace like lollipops. His grace and his love for you and me is extravagant. It is, it is, what's the word? It starts with an M, like magnet. I don't know, I didn't even know the word. It's just huge. Magnitude, that was what I was looking for. But that didn't sound right. It's big. Paul prayed that we would grasp the, the height and the depth and the width and the length and the breadth of the love of God for us in Christ Jesus, and that we would be rooted in it. Like we, That's what we grow in. If you grow in an unhealthy fear of the Lord where you think he's ready to punish you every time you make a mistake and that he's angry and disappointed with you, you're not going to grow, and that's not, what the, that's not the nutrient that he wants you to let your roots feed on. He wants you to be confident in who you are in him. Be, get your identity from what Jesus has done for you. And the more you focus on that and who he is, that stuff will drop off. You can't keep sinning when you know who you are. You can't stay in a bad habit if you know who he says you are and what he's called you to. You're just going to want to let that stuff go. Like I read that scripture, you're just going to want to cast it aside like a dirty rag, just like, this does not belong in my life. I don't want to get too close to that speaker. So earlier you were saying you have to believe in Jesus to get into the kingdom. And you have to let the kingdom inside of you in order to walk in the authority and the power that Jesus has for you. I just, that's how it hit me. What? <laughs> you have to believe in Jesus to get into the kingdom. And then you have to let the kingdom get into you, which is all power and authority and walk in that. Isn't that powerful? As I was sitting there, I thought, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so stand up. And with, with that thought... God, so, so we get into the kingdom by believing in Jesus and then the kingdom comes into us and then it, it flows in and through us as our brains get rewired, as our brain gets renewed with truth. 
the lies get broken off, the truth is replaced, the lies are, are being replaced by truth, and then as we believe truth, not only do we, does the kingdom grow and expand and take new territory inside of the castles in our brains, but also our emotions will begin to line up with the truth. And it helps to let the truth of the kingdom, the truth of God, not only flood your spirit and into your mind and renew your mind with truth, but also work its way out of your mouth. It's just like a, it's like Drano. It's like the refiner's soap. The word of God is powerful. It's living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It is powerful. And his word, his truth, scripture, Bible word, and rhema word as the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and reminding you of his word. As that comes in and you speak it out, it's like it, it's just, it's like the final pop. What was that word? Pop the quiff? <laughs> That's that scientific terminology of quantum theory where we speak to something and the molecules respond. You should look it up. You look like you're interested in that, Landon. You too, Judah. And you too, Tristan. Everyone, just look it up. Quantum QF. Quiff, yeah, quantum something. I'll tell you later if you need, if you want to know. All right, let's pray. Put your hand on whatever part of your body you need the kingdom the most. I'm going to stick it right here and right here on my forehead. There, I'll try to reach between. It's an 18-inch journey from your head to your heart. So. so, yeah, Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come and release. Release that wonderful treasure from the heavenly realm. Thank you, God, that your kingdom is, is a wealthy, rich, vibrant life-giving, honoring, royal kingdom. And that there is no sin, there's no sickness, there's no lies, there's no, no broken relationships. There's nothing but goodness in heaven because you are there and you rule and you reign in all authority and all power. And we just welcome that power and that authority to come into every part of who we are today. We, we present ourselves to you as living sacrifices. We lay our, our lives, ourselves, our parts on the altar before you. We give ourselves to you today, a living sacrifice. And your word tells us that to you, it's holy and pleasing. It's acceptable. So we thank you that in Christ, we are accepted. We are the beloved and we are acceptable and our worship to you, our, our bringing of ourselves to you, our, our blood-washed temples as we bring them to you and lay them on your altar, that you're pleased with the sacrifice. And we know in the scriptures that you respond to a pleasing sacrifice with fire. So we just reach our hands up today and we say, Holy Spirit, light these sacrifices on fire. Let your all-consuming fire presence, Holy Spirit, come now and just purge and sanctify and cleanse, refining fire. Come and move into these parts and mark us, saturate us with your kingdom and your glory. Saturate us with your presence, with your anointing.
Let the, the oil of your spirit just coat every part of us, sanctifying us and setting us apart to be used by you for royal kingdom purposes. God, we set our hands before you and we just say, let the fire of your presence rest on each hand in this room. That everyone we touch, even if it's just putting a hand on one of our kids before they go to bed tonight and, and rubbing their shoulder or t- touching the top of their head, that your kingdom, your love, and your grace would just be released from us onto them and onto anyone we touch. And we just say, Holy Spirit, open our ears more. Help us to discern your voice. Help us to hear those simple thoughts that you're thinking towards us and towards people that you're sharing with us. We just say our our ears and our hearts, our minds, everything is yours, God. We just want to have the joy of partnering with you and walking into this world, walking into this community of, of life around us and just seeing what you want to do, seeing your life come into people's situations. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this church family, and we just pray your blessing on everyone here today in Jesus' name. Amen.